We're in a situation where we have put together, and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome to the BCP podcast. If you've been with me for any length of time, then you've probably heard me say the following things. You've heard me probably say that there is an operation in which... Folks become or run as Republicans, and they will vote some Republican conservative stuff. But for the most part, they're still part of the uniparty swamp, big government, endless wars, and what have you. They're part of the uniparty. So they trick us with this false dichotomy of right versus left, and maybe on some social issues or what have you. But it's business as usual, big government, bailouts, lots of money, the increase up size of the federal government, and of course, uh, funding of both sides of war. You've also heard me speak of late that they are trying to thwart Jim Jordan to be Speaker of the House because Jim Jordan represents the people, represents MAGA, America First, and same thing with Matt Gates. They are trying to fight against the swamp and the lobbyists and the special interests. Everyone who's in D.C., working for themselves and not for we the people. So here we are sitting on Thursday. There's going to be a third vote tomorrow for Jim Jordan. And he is uh, the idea of Patrick McHenry being the interim. That uh, that was the news earlier today. And then that got thwarted. By the end of the day, Jim Jordan said he's going to keep fighting to be speaker. And we're going to have a vote tomorrow. But there are now still 13 bona, uh, excuse me, <clears throat> there's still 20 or so holdouts. It's been reported that Jim Jordan has been able to sway, perhaps with the, with the help of Lee Zeldin, some of the New York Republicans that were supporting Lee Zeldin. But Lee Zeldin is supporting Jim Jordan, Lee Zeldin's of New York, and those have, uh, looks like they're on board for Jim Jordan. So Jim Jordan went from 20 holdouts on uh, on uh, on on Wednesday, then on Thursday, 22 holdouts, or I'm getting my days confused here, but Tuesday, Wednesday, and then now looks like it's going to be back on for a third vote on Friday. And maybe it'll be back to like 20 or 19 holdouts as he gets closer and closer. If you think the other way around, instead of having uh, 199 for him, for Jordan, when he needs 217, He'll go back to 200 or 201 or 202, close to that 217. But man, we have got some fantastic information here. Now, as reported previously by Breitbart, Steve Scalise is a backstabber. He's a backstabbing bastard who's who's voting for Jim Jordan, but really leading a revolution against Jim Jordan being Speaker of the House. Okay, uh, Breitbart 
uh, talked about this. Uh, this has been discussed. But here is where the rubber hits the road. Huge kudos to Jim Hoft with this. Why would Scalise want to undermine the clear choice of the people and President Trump? Evidence unearthed by grassroots researchers in Scalise's home state of Louisiana indicate that Scalise has taken money from the FTX money laundering scandal. Wow. Uh, Previously, we had a, a, a tweet from Debbie Dooley she is uh, president of America First Tea Party. She's from Louisiana, where Steve Scalise is. And previously, I, I've read her tweets before. Uh, Nan on her uh, uh, on the Nana show that's been covered as well. But this is uh, Debbie Dooley from two days ago. Time to remove Steve Scalise from being majority leader. He is untrustworthy. I'm hearing from very reliable sources that Steve Scalise is doing his favorite thing to do: backstabbing. Not the first time either. I know what went on a few weeks ago, Representative Scalise. Scalise is pretending to support Jim Jordan, but is organizing the ones that refuse to vote for Jordan. He voted for Jordan, but is encouraging others not to behind the scenes. He is what is wrong with DC Swamp. Burn his phone lines up, telling him to stop undermining Jordan. And here we go. The former co-CEO of FTX, Ryan Salame, pled guilty early last month to conspiracy to make unlawful political contributions and defraud the Federal Election Commission and conspiracy to operate an unlicensed money-transmitting business. Salame admitted admitted that his job at FTX was to illegally funnel money to Republican politicians and political causes while his co-conspirator, Sam Bankman-Fried, funneled money to Democrats. According to Salame, the donations were to support initiatives supported by Bankman-Fried. Bankman-Fried's dearest initiative appears to be Joe Biden himself, as he made the second largest single donation to his 2020 presidential campaign. Check this out. Another initiative of Bankman-Fried was Steve Scalise, the man currently preventing Jim Jordan from becoming Speaker. Bankman-Fried's straw donor and co-CEO Salame donated to uh, $2,900 to Scalise a month before the 2022 midterms. $2,900 is the maximum donation allowed by an individual. Bear with me, folks. This is some really, really good digging. Entry from the FEC record for FTX donations to Steve Scalise's congressional campaign is shown here. So here's the entry. In fact, 13 of the 22 holdout rhinos also accepted donations from Ryan Salame. Almost all of them maximum donations. These names will sound familiar because I've listed them in on posts. I've listed them, uh, we've, we've shown them on screen, I've read them in the last few days' reports. The rhinos who accepted these funds include Kay Granger of Texas, Mike Simpson of Idaho, uh, Carlos Jimenez of Florida, Jen Higgins of Virginia, Marinette Miller-Meeks of Iowa, Mike Lawler of New York, Steve Womack of Arkansas, Mike Kelly of Pennsylvania, Mike Simpson. Um, well, I already that somebody's gonna repeat the names here. I already talked about that. Mario Diaz Ballart of Florida, Linda Chavez Derimer of Oregon, Andrew Garabino of New York, Tony Gonzalez of Texas, and John Rutherford of Florida. 
Now, the reporting is that Jim Jordan, with Lee Zeldin's um, help, will see tomorrow, Friday, if in fact he did get uh, Andrew uh, Garbino of New York uh, to vote for him on this next one, and also Mike Lawler. But these people have received money from the FTX Republican scam. Now you're like, 2900 bucks. that's not really going to make a difference. Oh, but check this out. Entries from FEC records for donations made by Ryan Salame, FTX co-CEO. Direct illegal donations from criminals like Ryan Salame and his co-conspirators, co-conspirators are just the tip of the iceberg. It is suspected that FTX and entities like it are laundering possibly billions of dollars to politicians and causes over the country through fraudulent campaign donor mules. Okay, so um, James O'Keefe's new group, OMG, O'Keefe Media Group, and the Gateway Pundit have uncovered donor mules, people who whose identities are being used without their knowledge to launder large amounts of cash into campaign coffers of politicians. These fraudulent donations make it appear that these politicians have significant support from real people when they are really being funded illegally by special interests. The donations are typically small, but frequent. The small amounts don't arouse as much suspicion as large donations, but the total amount of cash from single individuals can add up to tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. Follow-up investigations with the people whose identities are being stolen often reveal that they are average Americans who are really donating only small amounts to one or two candidates, but they are being credited with massive numbers of donations in the FEC records. For instance, Steve Scalise's FEC records indicate significant donor mule activity. For example, a retired woman from Marietta, Georgia, is credited with donating to Scalise 98 times in a single day with amounts varying from $3 to $22.50. There are many similar incidents in Scalise's FEC records. Research continues on how much mule activity appears in the campaign accounts of the 22 holdouts preventing Jim Jordan from becoming speaker. So they're actively investigating this when they have follow-ups in the next few days. I will cover that for you next week now check this out i suspect that this new j6 tactic that they're using now is being coordinated by these same uniparty people and they're, they're not real what am i talking about i'm talking about this false reporting now that these holdouts are being bullied because constituents are making violent threats to them and threatening them that if they don't vote for Jim Jordan, they're going to come after them. They're making violent threats. That sounds like Antifa. And you know what? I'm thinking that 99.9% of those are probably operatives. Yeah, there may be one or two wackos, maybe even 100 wackos, let's say, making these calls, people hard on the collar, that might be patriots or real conservatives that want Jim Jordan. Maybe they get a little hot under the collar. But I don't even think it's that many. I think it is yet another operation by the Uniparty. Democrat Uniparty operatives making these calls and a lot of this reporting just being false. Case in point, 
Here's what we have from CNN. Live pictures now of where the chaos is unfolding on Capitol Hill, at least in the room where it happened. Republican Congressman Jim Jordan, aspiring Speaker Jim Jordan, meeting there behind closed doors right there, trying to win over some Republican holdouts. They oppose his bid to be Speaker. This party infighting has taken a dramatic and ugly turn. Several of those lawmaker, lawmakers who oppose Jim Jordan's bid for Speaker are now receiving credible and terrifying death threats. Over the weekend, it was made clear that supporters of Jordan's were going to launch a pressure campaign that apparently had Jordan's blessing until last night. And in the intervening time, well, it got pretty ugly. And we have some exclusive audio right now of a threatening message that was left as a voicemail for the wife of one of the Republican lawmakers who opposes Jordan. This has only been edited to take out identifying information of the wife and the lawmaker. We've bleeped out some of the language, but not all of it. And I want to warn you, this is pretty ugly stuff. Take a listen. Why is your husband such a pig? Why would he get on TV and make an asshole of himself? Because he's a deep state prick? Because he doesn't represent the people? Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to come follow you all over the place. We're going to be up your ass nonstop. We are now Antifa. We're going to do what the left does because your of a husband gets on TV. Oh, the bad guys. They did so. I'm going to vote for Kevin McCarthy, a piece of shit who everybody knows. And for his piece of shit ass, talk about Americans who are actually fighting for Americans as the bad people. Does everything about him. So you your husband and we are gonna we we're not like the left we aren't violent but we're gonna follow your ass every appointment you have everything you can do your your husband's an asshole you should talk to his stupid ass we're at war israelis being killed and your dumb husband is acting like a two-year-old no wonder he's a warmongering piece of shit so listen you're going to keep getting calls and emails. I'm putting all your information over the internet now. Everybody else's, and you will not be left alone because your husband, Jim Jordan, or more conservative, or you're going to be molested like you can't ever imagine. And again, nonviolently, you won't go to the beauty parlor. Now, you must be a bitch to marry a ugly mother like that. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm calling J6 BS on that phone call. Just doesn't seem legitimate to me. He says, we're going to be like Antifa, but sounds like Antifa. I don't know, maybe it could be legitimate. What are your thoughts? The whole thing just smells like a uh, a campaign by the deep state operatives and their very, very nasty playbook. I'm not falling for it. I'm not falling for it. All right. Here is a tweet from Lieutenant General Michael Flynn and his take on Q. I'm going to read you this tweet and then I'm going to play you a heated back and forth, not heated back and forth, but a heated Michael Flynn on X-22 with Dave that was the catalyst for him posting this. Here's my take on Q. I believe it is a major psyop, and from what I can tell, it or they or whatever or whoever is running this op 
has done a major disservice. What I see are a bunch of people sitting and waiting for something to happen instead of doing what I've been calling for now for quite some time, local action. The nonsense about Trump is still the president. The military is coming to the rescue. is just that, nonsense. I wasn't belittling Dave. He's a big boy. I was being brutally honest, like it or not, or believe it or not. Rome is burning. Nero and the Bucket Brigade is getting low on water. And like it or not, I don't. We have a personal White House that is there following a constitutional process. Note I didn't say a fair election, which I don't believe occurred. Lastly, uh, so I so respect your smart statement and most definitely appreciate your support as well as Dave's. I'm a big fan of X-22. I also appreciate the support by many of the digital soldiers who did and do support me. Thank you will never be enough. However, I want us to face a reality for what it is and is starting staring us in the face currently and it is ugly. But never ever give up and trust me, there will always be silver linings. We just have to find them and exploit them as soon and for as long as possible. God bless. Okay, so I mean, let me. I'll play you. I'll play you this clip in its entirety without any interruption. But let me just set it up. It's about the military coming to our rescue, and in this exchange, I'm going to play this four minutes or so. Dave starts to talk about what well, can't the military do something, and Lieutenant General Michael Flynn sets the record straight. The military is not some independent body that can just act against the deep state and everything. There is a chain of command that goes up to the commander-in-chief. And that commander-in-chief we have right now followed, I guess what Michael Flynn is saying is, his, the election was stolen, but it was certified. Therefore, like it or not, Biden is the commander-in-chief. I want you to listen to this and then give me your thoughts. Well, in the comment section down below, obviously. This stuff, right? We are systematically and intentionally destroying our country by allowing this to continue on. And And I can't sit here and go that these people are incompetent and they don't know what they're doing. Oh, no, they're competent, they're smart, and they know exactly what they're doing. So do you think the military is watching this whole thing play? I mean, are they worried that th- all these people that are coming but in? Who do you think? I mean, so, so stop, okay. Dave, stop. Okay. This, is where I, this is where I've had disagreements with things that I've heard you say and many others. Because people go, oh, the military, the military. What mm-hmm. do you think the military? The military, if you don't understand what the military does in our country, which, which abides by the Constitution, and yes. the Constitution, our military is run by the, the people who are duly elected. Okay, so if you want our military to act in a different way, then you you need to go to another country, right? And and the people that 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 I've heard you know talk about this kind of stuff, they're foolish. They're foolish. They're they're thinking foolishly. This is not what our country is designed to have in terms of our military. Our military follows the orders of those who are elected over them. Okay, that's that's how we've been able to stay as a nation the way we've been able to stay. So when people go, well, the military, what should the military? Hey. The military should should follow legal, moral, and ethical orders that they're given. If you find generals and admirals in the military that can't, that you know, that say, you know, Mr. President, I can't follow this order anymore, even though it's legal, you know, even though it's it's may, maybe ethical, you know, my moral being, I just can't follow. It's like like uh, the 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 uh, the forced critical race theory training that's being forced all the way down the necks of every single private in the military, or the idea that we're going to continue to have. Uh, a pay for abortions if you join the military, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that kind of stuff. That's a moral dilemma 
and a, and a general or an admiral or any officer can say, I'm going to resign my commission and I'm going to you know, throw my stars down on the table and I'm going to walk away because I can't, I can't serve in a military that does it. But that's it. If our military starts to act in any other way, we got problems. We, well, we are. We then do become a third world nation well, like a lot of these banana republics that throw out, you know, presidents and prime ministers and kings every six months. Well, let, let me just I, I understand what you're saying, but. If there's an invasion at the border, let, let's just change it up. Let's say all of a sudden we had China. They were rolling in with tanks on the border. They were rolling yeah. in with military. I mean, would the military not react to that in some way? Somehow? Only, Dave, only the military will only do what it's ordered to do by, okay. by duly elected people. That's why the president of the United States is elected by the people in this country, not only as the president of the United States, but the commander in chief. So he's elected and he's given the judgment by by the majority of people in this country, like we've always had, you know, for, for the most part through our elections. But no, the military does not act on its own. That's yeah. a major, major falsehood. And we've got to get people, anybody that tells you, well, the military ought to do something, the military, all these dummies that say, oh, the military's in charge. The military only does what it is ordered to do by elected by by basically by the president of the United right. States, the commander in chief. So if there if there were hordes of tanks, you know, lining up down yeah. in the in the docks of Panama, and they were going to come up from, you know, we're talking China, or or if if uh, if the Russians started to attack across the plains of Europe, which is where we stood for the better part of forty years, we put we you know our our elected official, primarily the president of the United States can order forces to go and do something, can order our military to go do something. We don't want our military doing anything on their own, Dave, okay? No. That's not the United States of America. That's not based on our Constitution. That's that's more of the third world or the fourth world. No, I agree with that. I agree with that. We don't want the military just going off and doing whatever they want to right. do. I completely agree right. with that. Now, if we go back to Lieutenant General Michael Flynn's tweet, I think this is... And I agree with him. With it's been a, a, a psyop in that people think there's a plan that the military is going to handle everything, and we just sit back and do nothing. No, there is no master plan. This idea of a master plan and trust the plan—I've always rejected that idea. It, it just trusting others to do the work for us is lazy. It's Marxist, actually. We are, we are a republic, a representative form of government, but we're supposed to keep tabs on our representatives and make sure they do what we want them to do. We've been asleep at the wheel, and that's why we have this problem right now, for instance, getting Jim Jordan to 217. But that has been a very dangerous idea, and I've spoken up against it for a very long time. We are the ones in control. We are the ones that have to uh, fight back locally first and then make, you know, make sure that our local representatives actually represent us. If we did that and we stopped the stolen elections locally, every you know, all of us individually and collectively, we would solve the national problem. I agree with Flynn on that. And it's been a great disservice that we just sit back and let someone else, uh, an imaginary white hats, solve the problems for us. Now, there are some white hats. There are some people behind the scenes working on our behalf. But it's going to take all of us to correct this ship. What are your thoughts? Put it down below. Now, this is going to be my last episode for the week. And let me tell you why. I don't generally share a lot of personal things, but I think this is important. This, for instance, is the last episode for 
probably ever, but definitely for the next two years, that this show will be edited by junior number two. So I have four children, and you're familiar with junior and juniorette. Junior, juniorette, Nana are on still on YouTube on the Nothing But The News. I've had to step away because I'm not, long, not supposed to be on YouTube. And then you, you, you don't hear me talk much about juniorette, number two. I know these are lame names, but you know I, I want to keep my, my children's names and, and their business private. And then junior number two, you've heard about because he's been the editor for this program off and on because he went off to school and what have you. Um, if you recall, he's the one who graduated. He was 17 years old in college. And, um, you know, we've homeschooled our kids, so he graduated high school a year early. He was 17 uh, in, high, uh, in college, uh, for the record, just to be fair, because my kids do listen to and watch the show. Junior was in college at 16 because he skipped a grade in traditional school, and then he graduated early through our homeschooling, so he was 16 and in college. But luckily for him, he had a lot of facial hair, and he looked like he was 18 or 19, even though he was a 16-year-old walking around college campus. And... My boys, luckily, aren't as short as dad is, so that helps him a lot. But this is the last episode that Junior Number 2 is editing, and this is the last weekend. uh, uh, Tomorrow, Friday, I have uh, my kids who are not with me flying in, and this is the last time I'm going to have all four of my children together for the next two years. Uh, We are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and Junior number two, and juniorette number two are going to be serving full-time missions for the next two years and 18 months, respectively. They, uh, junior number two starts, uh, he's going to be serving a foreign mission. He starts next week. So this is the last four days or so, three or four days, that I will have all my children together. So I'm just not going to be working. I'm just going to be enjoying my last, you know, few days Uh, that I'll have all my children together with me and the missus for several years. So there will not be an episode uh, tomorrow, Friday, and there'll probably be one on Monday, but it'll probably be late Monday. It may even be Tuesday, but I will try to get something up uh, late on uh, Monday because that's when the last child will be flying back uh, to their respective spouse and job and what have you. So just wanted to explain that uh, what's going to happen. And then... uh, so junior number two starts his foreign mission next week. Uh, for two years, he'll be preaching and ministering and rendering service. Uh, and junior at number two, a few weeks later, will be leaving on her 18-month mission. So I'm going to enjoy the next four days with my children. And that's why there will be uh, radio silence, if you will, for those few days. So appreciate your patience. We'll be back, and I'm sure I'll have a lot to cover then. Thank you very much for your support, continued support of this show. Big hug to all of y'all, and God bless you. And uh, let's see how the editing looks next week. I have, uh, we'll just worry about next week, next week. Uh, But make sure that you come back for that. Ciao, goodbye, God bless. We're in a situation where we have put together, and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud 
organization in the history of American politics.